Annie. Be right there. I gotta finish this row. I can't put down this sweater I'm knitting from this gorgeous handcrafted yarn from Blue Mule Fiber. I get it, the yarn is so soft. Buy yourself a skein at bluemulefiber.com. Um. Hey Annie, what's up? Oh, hey Danielle. I was just meditating on my future home. Oh, you should call my friend Anna Brake. She's a real estate agent at Reese Nichols and makes home buying as enjoyable and peaceful as possible. Sounds like the right agent for me. If you're in the KC Metro or want a connection to an excellent realtor in your area, find Anna Brake at annabrake.reesenichols.com and on Instagram at Anna L. Brake. That's B-R-A-K-E. Whoa, where'd you get that kazoo? At the best toy store ever, Brookside Toy and Science. They have toys, games, dolls, collectibles. I'm looking to buy some geodes and a chemistry set. They sell those too. It's Brookside Toy and Science. Visit them online at brooksidetoyandscience.com. Fun and education all in one shop, staffed by toy experts. Ooh, can we go there now? Yeah, I need a new puzzle. While we're in beautiful Brookside, we should go to Shop Girls. Good call. That shop window is serving cuteness. Mmm, great clothes, jewelry, gifts, and accessories priced just right. They've been styling happy women for over a decade. Stop by their storefront in Kansas City, Missouri at 6215 Oak in Brookside East. Or check them out online at shopgirls.com. The Big Cookie is brought to you by proud supporters of Stitching Change. Empowering refugee women and their families stitching change into the fabric of our world, offering one-of-a-kind handmade products. Like that gorgeous purse I see you wearing? Made from reclaimed materials. Available at 10,000 Villages, Unique Finds Gifts, on Facebook, and at stitchingchange.com. Annie! It's me, it's the one. Come on in. Meet Annie and Danielle, two artists living in Kansas City, who are digging deep into their desires, reflecting on their pasts, and keeping each other accountable for their future hopes and dreams. Together, they read the book Calling in the One by Katherine Woodward Thomas, a seven-week self-improvement workbook with daily exercises to help you attract the love of your life. In the introductory episode of the Big Cookie Podcast, Annie and Danielle introduce themselves and lay out their intentions for finding true love in the midst of living a true life. Fresh and ready to dig in, these ladies share a sample lesson from the book, Calling in the One, getting vulnerable about what they really want as they are challenged to write a letter to themselves from their ideal lover. Welcome to the Big Cookie Podcast with Annie Kalaherka and Danielle Anderson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Cookie Podcast. Are you dating or trying to with mixed or disappointing results? I don't even know if I know what an available man looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does dating feel like a losing game you play on your phone? I'm really disheartened by those apps and things because I just feel like it's, is it process of elimination? Do you feel yourself settling for whatever comes around just so you're not alone? You convince yes. yourself that the crumbs of someone are good enough, but you're not even getting like the full piece of bread. We, we do, do too. I so want the cookie. I want the G-Day I want cookie. the big cookie. And we're ready for more. So this is the Big Cookie Podcast, a podcast made to help you and us find true love. I'm Danielle. And I'm Annie. We are two artists and friends, both in our mid-30s, who have been let down and are feeling burnt out in search for a guy who, we hope, could be the one. 
But the things we've been doing, our habits and hopes, all these years and all these times aren't working, and we're sick of it. Together, we're reading this self-improvement book called Calling in the One by Katherine Woodward Thomas. It's a seven-week self-improvement workbook with daily exercises to help you attract the love of your life. We will go deep into the past and our hopes for the future. We'll laugh and cry, all while keeping each other accountable for what we hope and want for our futures. And we hope that listening and following along on our journey will maybe help you find the one. You're invited to listen along to learn from our mistakes, maybe do a little self-discovery, and maybe some crying. I promise to kiss you every day. I promise to cherish what we have. Oh my God, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we go through some pretty heavy stuff during this process. Weddings. Depression. Death. New love. Mistakes and major accidents. And hey, there's a lot of funny stuff too. I hate everyone. I want them to die painfully. I'll keep their bones. Uh, And it's all to make sure we're not settling for just the crumbs. Each episode of this podcast is a reflection of a chapter in the book and the exercises we've been doing along the way. We'll talk about our week and then pick the juiciest parts of the lessons to share how they resonated with us. So this is the first episode and it's covering the preface. We got together after we read the actual preface of the book to discuss what it means to be available or even emotionally open to finding the one. Let's jump in on our very single lady chatter after that reading. Heads up, the she we are referencing in the clip and throughout this podcast is the author of Calling in the One, Catherine Woodward Thomas. You'll hear her referenced a lot. I I resonated with... um, I'd like to be able to tell you that available men found me uninteresting or unattractive, but truthfully, so few available men came into my life. Yes. I don't even know if I know what an available man looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, even Single me. and down DTF is all I need, right? <laughs> but uh, I, It's like an interesting question of like, what does it mean for a person to be available? Right. I, I think I'm not thinking that when I'm... I feel... Again, just being open about my insecurities. Like, I I don't meet a lot of people in general. Mm-hmm. I don't meet a lot of people that I find attractive and interesting to pursue on a deeper level. And then if I do, who also want to pursue me back. Yeah. So it, it doesn't feel like I have a lot of people coming in and out of my life. We talk a bit about just like, where do we meet people? We're just not meeting sure. new people or interesting yeah. people or people who, who ring our bell. And mm-hmm. um, so that makes me feel... Maybe I, I I really jump onto anyone who comes by and mm-hmm. is like, you want to do this for a while? I'm like, yes, yes. It's been a very dry summer. <laughs> Come on over. I am that same way for real. What was the phrase that she said about the bus? Men are like waiting for the bus, like the schedule, like the bus. Yeah, comes the bus. Another one will come along. I was like, I was like, my bus story. schedule is slow. But you the know, bus, the <laughs> public transportation shuts down at about four p.m. Yeah. and you can, it really only comes every two hours. It's not convenient. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if that's just the nature of my life versus this lady's life, or. You know, or the general populace of women and how social they are. I'm probably less social. But I can socialize. I can hang. Um, But that may be a challenge of this book. So let's bring things into context here. 
We started going through the workbook last December of 2019, and at that time we were two women being vulnerable and sharing a pretty raw experience together as friends. And it wasn't just the work in the book, but everything we were going through during that time in our lives. Now it's several months later. We've learned a lot and are treating this podcast as a continuation of the book work. And we're sharing it as artists. So here's a little background on us. I'm Danielle. I'm a folk singer-songwriter, a YouTuber, a comedian, and a performer. For the last 10 years, I've toured the country performing in coffee shops, at house shows, or appearing at ukulele festivals as a pop-folk recording artist called Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Lately, I've spent less time on the road as a musician to work on improv comedy and performing on stage without an instrument to make people laugh. Annie? I am a performing artist, storyteller, and educator. Danielle was a big help to me last summer when I put on my first original solo show called Help Me Help Me. In it, I confess to being a bit of a self-help addict, which is another reason why this book work appeals to me. I do a lot of different things arts-wise, but in this podcast, you'll hear me talk about substitute teaching, working in a theater box office, and performing at Mesner Puppet Theater. My love of performing really comes from a place of loving to share stories, and that's why I like to call myself a storyteller. So we're both here to tell you our true, raw, and real stories as artists and people. Right. And this podcast is an extension of that work. As artists, we are paid to be open and vulnerable, and this podcast is no exception. We're letting everyone else into our process and hoping that you, our listeners, artists or not, will benefit from the journey. So since we're here to be open and vulnerable, we want to tell you who we really are and what we've been through in our relationships. I am a strong, independent, 36-year-old woman. Side note, I was 35 when we started. I'm pretty content on my own, and the older I get, the more accepting I am of my singledom. But I know that I have a great capacity for love that would be best explored with a partner and a family of my own. As a former nanny and lover of family, I just have this innate desire in me to expand my capacity for love. However, I am pretty jaded in terms of seeking love out. Dating exhausts me and I end up settling for relationships, few and far between, that really don't suit me. They do for a time, but not for the long haul. I feel like I should know better. In the last few years, I always come back to this notion I spoke of at our first meetup. Like, I just need to find someone who's as cool as me. Because I'm pretty cool, right? You're pretty cool. We're cool. Like, we're chill. I don't feel like I'm overly confident. I don't feel like I'm underconfident. I mean, I definitely have my insecurities and my moments, and like everybody. I was in a committed relationship for like five years in my early 20s. And... I thought that was going to be the end-all be-all, and it wasn't. And so at 27, when I broke up with him, it was like, oh, crap. I've been living like a, you know, married woman for five years. Now I'm single. I don't even know how to do this outside of college. How do you do this, you know? And I definitely, like, had my adventures for a while before settling into, like, more intentional ways of dating and meeting people. Um, but I've had a fair share of, you know, I've, I've, I've tried all the styles on, I feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've dated a rainbow of different Ooh. kinds of men. But I, I do, um, I feel like anymore as I get older, 
it's I, I am more the good thing about that breakup and about all the stints of time all the mostly singledom that I've lived in since then is I have really learned how to be alone which is very valuable right because yeah. I really I got into a relationship in my early 20s I think before I knew how to be, be alone so and I and there was a part of me there was like a tender moment moment time where I wanted to live alone before I moved in with him. Dating has been a mixed bag over the past eight years. It has mostly ranged from fun and flirty hooking up to just lackluster. There have been two relationships that were on a more serious trajectory, but I ended both of them after no more than five months. They just weren't right. My feeling when I break up with these guys, is not like, oh God, I wanna be with somebody else. It's mostly like, oh God, I wanna be on my own. And so that's a weird, and even though I do want to be with somebody else, because I do want to be with somebody that's better for me and that's more suited to me. But I, I mean, that's what, I think that's a little bit of my, my conflict with this, what she's saying. Just finding someone feels like an impossible task. I really don't like the apps. They don't work for me. Using dating apps is like a religion I don't believe in. I like to think that makes me a romantic, like I just like to believe that the right person will show up organically in my life, the old fashioned way. But knowing that this is the way most people meet on apps and I can't subscribe to it also makes me feel hopeless. As I mentioned earlier, the bus doesn't come around that often. Though I did end a relationship not long before we began the book. My most recent relationship, which did, you know wasn't that long, but um, was with a guy who I thought had some some issues with some depression and some um, just like unhealthy habits. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, I had to turn it back on myself because it really brought to light some of my own issues and my own depression and my own unhealthy habits and how I, and my self care. Um, I think that's that wonderful thing of like her talking about what are you a magnet for? And that's the enlightening thing about in being in a relationship is that it's going to bring out stuff in you. You know what I mean? And like optimally, you want a relationship that's going to bring out the best in you and you're going to bring out the best in that person. But that's a mixed bag. I want a serious, committed relationship. I want to feel more hopeful. I want to feel more vibrant and alive and in a loving energy that will bring about a great relationship at the right place and the right time for me and my partner. I want to create something that helps others and helps me connect with an audience as myself. As a performing artist who has mainly been an actor playing roles, I'm in a place in my life right now where I want to be myself. I want to dig into the role of Annie Kalaharka. It's the role of a lifetime, notably my lifetime. Dang, Annie, you nailed that. Well, let me go ahead and tell them about me. When we started in December, I was 33, and now I'm a late bloomer, and I've taken a while to figure out my power and potential and to own it. Professionally, I'm starting to get the hang, but I feel farther behind when it comes to relationships. I struggle with insecurity, jealousy, and anger. I have a hard time with boundaries and standing up for what I need. I allow things to happen in relationships that I'm not okay with because I'm scared of losing someone or hurting them or being alone. Have I not found the right person? Right. Because I'm not the right person yet. Yeah. And I challenge with that like I'm working on my self-confidence and feeling good in my skin and knowing the direction I'm going in and having faith in that. So mm -hmm. I'm always like maybe I'm not done in the oven yet. 
When we started recording, I had just gotten out of a sort of serious relationship with someone who just wasn't the right match for me. And that's the story of a lot of my relationships, dating people who are cool or interesting for six or nine months or whatever, but then there's always something that's not quite right, something that's missing, and something where I end up wanting so much more. You think of it like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't, why couldn't I make that guy fall in love for me, with me? Or what's wrong with him? Why couldn't he love me? But it's like, maybe it was just as simple as you weren't right together. Or maybe it's like, maybe I have a history of attracting unavailable men, mm -hmm. which I think is attractive to me. There's something like I want to solve them or yeah. solve their problems. Yeah. This is a theme that comes up a couple times for both of us in the podcast, but it's been a story I've told myself for years in my head and in my art. I even have a love song with lyrics where I sing. And I am well aware that nothing ever works out. Oof, aside from the not believing I deserve it, I'm also pretty comfortable being alone. I've driven around the country to new places, performing in strange venues, and meeting new people every night for the last 10 years. I feel like I go after what I want, but I've started to resent this independence, and I crave the surrender of trusting another person. But then there's still this resentment I feel for being lonely, and this yeah. boredom I feel of being lonely, and this sort of like grief yeah. I feel for being lonely. Like I even told my ex that uh, when we had our like final meeting, I was yeah. like, I'm bored of my power. I'm bored of my strength. Mm. Like I can change a tire on my own, but I don't want to. Yeah. I want to have somebody to call to help me, even if it's just to stand there. I also think this independence makes me stubborn and I've put up walls because I'm afraid to really let go and let someone in. I'm always talking about how lonely I am and I'm like, I want a, I want a big sexy man to carry me across the threshold. Mm. Oh, I need help changing my tire. Yeah, yeah. But there is, even thinking about this book, I had a pang of anxiety of like, but what if I do find the one and I'm not ready to settle down yet? So the woman who told me about calling in the one was a voice teacher of mine. And she said the book worked for her. She was just starting a new relationship and he was moving in and she was invigorated. So I was intrigued and hopeful that it might do the same for me. Though more than expecting to find the one, I wanted to get closer. I wanted a relationship that made sense and didn't end with me asking the question, why did I let myself do that for so long? I was interested in another perspective, in hearing about practical ideas to think about things and clean them up. When we recorded back in December, I had just started seeing a therapist and was mostly asking her for help on how to not be mad at people who seemed happy and confident because I wasn't those things. Yeah, that's all big stuff. But can we please talk about you angrily eating your bananas? Yes, I suppose so, Annie, because you know I only eat bananas out of anger. <laughs> I think it comes up again in a future episode. Ah, it comes up several times in the podcast. Listen, what you really need to know about me is I'm always mad and I'm always eating bananas. Here's the story. My apartment overlooks a sidewalk where I can watch some people walking. Like, there's plenty of people who walk by, and I'll yeah. see, like, a family, so, like, a cute husband and wife for example, with a baby stroller and a cute dog. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like watching, like eating a banana as I watch them like adorably walk down the sidewalk. And I'm like, oh, she's got a, she's got a husband, a baby and a dog. Did you really have to have it all, Brittany? And of course, <laughs> I don't, I don't see what's in their 
relationship and their romance. So it might not be what I think, but like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have anger for other people who have what I don't have. Right. And when I'm having a really bad day, that's what it kind of manifests as, as me just like, I feel like I can be easily full of like dark emotions and like negative thoughts and and anger and desire mm-hmm. and possession and it's like whoa I definitely need to do some spring cleaning. Yes, to spring cleaning. Oof, I needed it. And I think it's fair to say we both swept and mopped our emotional floors through the work of the book and during this process, thanks to our humble guide. The author of the book, Calling in the One, Catherine Woodward Thomas. We love her. And we even came up with some nicknames for her through the process. Catherine. Mother Catherine. Mother Catherine. (laughs) She... Our sweet savior mother. Yes. Mama K is my most recent fave. We joke around, even get kind of mad at her sometimes, but she really became a guide. Yep. I enjoy her writing style so much, and she knows how to work through issues to help you get closer to your goals. If any of you are looking for someone to run you through an emotional boot camp, Calling in the One is great for that. Yes. Let's talk more about the work of the book. Like we said earlier, each episode of the podcast will revolve around us working through the chapters of the book. There are seven chapters separated into daily lessons with a reading and an exercise. We'll share our favorite lessons from that week. They range from art therapy projects to standing naked in front of the mirror, burning things, making lists of people you resent, rearranging the house to usher in new love, and meditation and ceremonial release, just to give you a taste. Let's pull an example from week one. This one was actually a bonus activity Mama K suggested. The assignment was to write a love letter to yourself. Like the one you'd want to receive from the one. Let's go ahead and read our letters. Danielle, you go first. Dear Danielle, thank you for trusting me to take care of you. Thank you for noticing little things that I hadn't noticed or seen or thought about myself. Thank you for the ways you show love and affection in big and small forms. Thank you for the gifts and notes. Thank you for having my back in social situations. You are so beautiful and kind. Your smile drives me crazy. I love how you make me laugh. Your sense of humor surprises me and your ability to be sincere and vulnerable inspires me. I love your honesty. I like when you address when things are bad and heavy and when something needs to be said. I like when you tell me how you feel, even if it takes you a while to get it all out. I plan to discover something new about you every day that delights me. You are layered, complex, kind, funny, discerning, creative, and decisive about who you give to. I am honored you give to me. I love your mood swings. I wrote that like at its own paragraph. I will also do my best to ask when I need help because I know you like to be there for me. You are useful to me. I love asking you for help with all kinds of things, my work, my relationship, myself, or something simple like what color sweater to buy. I appreciate when you're able to step back if you're not the right person to help me, even though it's hard for you. I am always learning how to support and help you and know sometimes you need me to just do it instead of ask if I should do it. I will evolve and appreciate that you will too. Let's do our best to evolve in the same direction and be respectful always, even if we grow apart. I trust and appreciate that you will trust me too. Thank you for walking equally. 
Thank you for walking equally with me in this wild, crazy ride we're on, for taking care of and loving yourself and doing the same for me. That's amazing. I think it's weird that I wrote it. I wrote it to myself, but almost as a thank you note for what I gave to him. Not just like, I honor you. You're so sexy. I want to kiss your lips all night long. I love your beautiful hair. (laughs) I was like, I want my person to like what I give them. Okay, here's mine. Dear Annie, I've never felt this way about any other person before. When I first met you, when our eyes first met, I do think it was that feeling that movies and great love stories speak of because I somehow knew you already. Like an old friend I hadn't seen for generations on end but loved deeply. I love you deeply, sincerely, and comically really the amount of adoration I carry in my heart for you. I will always love you because I felt I had always loved you from day one. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever met, inside and out. Your smile makes me smile. It makes me breathe better. Your kiss makes me weep for joy. (laughs) Maybe Mm. more internally because I am a guy and, you know, the tear ducts don't don't flow as freely. Your physical touch, your hand in my hand, my arms wrapped around you, At night, I feel whole and safe and welcome. You are my home. I am where I belong in your presence and you make me a better me. I promise to tell you I love you often. I promise to kiss you every day. I promise to cherish what we have. Oh my God, I'm crying. (laughs) I love it. We both came a long way to find each other. You were worth the wait. Mm. I'm losing it. <laughs> I want to start a family with you. I want to build a house with you. I want to make the richest, fullest life we can imagine together because you are my soulmate, Annie. Maybe it's cliche, but like your Uncle Terry says, the best songs make you realize your life is a beautiful cliche. Mm-hmm. My beautiful love, eternal in my heart before I met you, in my place with you, all is in place. I love you to the moon in back. Love, Richard. That's his name? (laughs) Or whatever my name may be. I don't know why I just wrote Richard. I forgot I did that. Like, that was the name. No, I think it's kind of good you wrote Richard, because what if you meet a guy named Richard? (laughs) I, like, I don't even like the name Richard. (laughs) That's fine. I think that, like, if I... I mean, not that it matters. I think when I fantasize, if I fantasize, I've been like, his name will be, like the names of people I like, you know, or like, yeah. uh, I, I see him being a Ryan or a Charlie. <laughs> and a Fabio or a <laughs> like... Alexander. And um, it's funny then to meet somebody named like, Mike. <laughs> Bernie. Ralph. Uh, Gary. Gary. <laughs> Al- Gary. Alan. Alan is a great one. Oh, Alan. (laughs) That was a great exercise. (laughs) Yeah, for me, being assigned to write a love letter to yourself highlights what I like about myself and what I want someone to like in me, and it helps me be aware of what I need to expect from a lover. Before we finish, let's talk about the importance of you and I doing this together and how we hope this can help you out there listening. 
In the beginning of the book, Mama K talks about having someone in this process to be your vision keeper, <laughs> a friend and accountability partner in this process. Catherine says the important thing is to support each other, keep the faith for each other, and help each other stay focused and on track. But it's a great idea to do this with a close friend who can actually keep you accountable. It really does help. We're happy to have you along for the journey, and we really hope the Big Cookie helps you along your path to calling in the one. Follow us online or become a patron to share your experience with this book. It'll connect us and others who are on the same path. Well, that about covers what you can expect on the Big Cookie. Mmm, it's gonna be a wild ride. He was ungiving and very like sexual dreams. Like that nobody understands me. Talked to the guy and I realized he was unavailable. And it was really sweet. Like, oh my god, I'm getting really open on this about this. He's, he's calling any minute now. Or <laughs> like girl crawling. And we can't wait to share it with you. Unless you're one of our ex-boyfriends, and then we're sorry. <laughs> For those who aren't, get ready to go deep and explore some new and uncharted territory. Get ready to ask for more. We'll see you next week as we continue to put in the work and set our intentions for more than just the crumbs. Remember, we want the whole cookie. The big cookie! <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to creative contributor Suzanne Hogan, and of course, the author of the book, Calling in the One, Catherine Woodward Thomas. Order the book and learn more about her at katherinewoodwardthomas.com. Thanks to our Baker's Dozen patrons, Paige, Marie, and Sally. It doesn't always come down to money, but it really means a lot. Become a patron to help fund The Big Cookie at patreon.com slash bigcookiepodcast or on our website, bigcookiepodcast.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to the Big Cookie Podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Do you want your business to be a sponsor of the Big Cookie? We want that too. Email Annie and Danielle at bigcookiepodcast at gmail.com. Are you loving this Big Cookie soundtrack? That's my girl, Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Buy her music on iTunes, Bandcamp, and her website, danielleatethesandwich.com. And if you want to keep up with my boo, Annie, check out her website and new blog at AnnieCallaherka.com. You spell Callaherka, K-A-L-A-H-U-R-K-A. I'd be thrilled, oh so thrilled